ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. Welcome to episode 479 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, welcoming you into the show. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Marcus Kyler with the Yeet, Senfilis, Matthew Necci, Jim Lon, Alana Boyajin of the GRC contingent, and also the Giphy contingent, Space Tacos, Medusa, a.k.a. Rio Tierney, all the folks like Bobby Cox, and Nerman Zlonanovich over on LinkedIn, Kerry James McQuiggan from 35,000 feet, Christopher K. Hall with the word wall, D. Shannon, woo! We are going to be all shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it at work to drive cyber risk reduction for your stakeholders, or if you're looking to break into the industry, don't worry, we got you covered because you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current on the industry, and the Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is a home run answer, believe that, on top of the actual technical you know, industry specific content. Do you see all these people over here in chat? Like uh, Divine Dream Divine, Funky Monk, Seabright, Brian Dan, Robert Moss, all these people, squad members. They're all awesome. The networking is top notch, guys. Get in here, say what's up. You're going to have a good time. I promise today, tomorrow, the next day, episode 500. There's no stopping this train. We are riding low on the hip on a train bound for glory. Believe that. Now, before we dig into the show, I do want to shout out and throw some love at the stream sponsors, uh, <laughs> starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor. Ah, oh, you pop up. I am not, I am not ready. I just want to see your website. Listen, before we dig into the show, let me throw some love at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks, attacks, <laughs> new, new word, a new, new word today, cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Guess what, Stephanie Strauss and Jonathan Booley? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Chef's kiss. Give them a shout out. Give them some love. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Uh, if you are going to have, uh, if you are actively dealing with a ransomware incident, believe me, you're going to want help. And Eric Taylor, Casually Joseph, the whole team over at Barricade Cyber, they have 
They have experienced it. They've been in the fire. They have been forged in the fire of battle when it comes to ransomware and dealing with threat actors that suck. So believe that. Don't go it alone. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security, Brandon Poole and his team, which by the way, full disclosure, I am a board advisory member, an unpaid position, but one with which I take great pride in having. Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Listen, if you are reactive in your information security program, if you're looking to level it up a little bit, if you honestly, if you like look deep inside and say to yourself, listen, I understand some of the basics, but I don't really know how to take an information security program that I'm responsible for to the next level. Don't, don't, you know, don't be obstinate. Don't be stubborn. Get a partner like Panopsi to come in, fractional visa. So spend a few minutes with you, look at your business, give it a sniff. And then guess what? Lay out an actual real valuable risk reducing budget friendly cybersecurity program that you can mature you can be proud of you can sleep well at night because you know that you are doing the best you can to reduce cyber risk and ultimately not get your pants pulled down and spanked by a cyber threat actor believe that thank you very much mods kimberly with the kind words about my lighting i have uh, if you know me for a minute you know that i like to level up a little bit at a time every single day, always trying to be better than the day before. Uh, spend some time on lighting uh, this morning, actually. Got a cup of coffee, got into the studio early and said, what's up? Hey, Will Reed, my man, Will Reed. <laughs> Guys, I love Will Reed. Always saying smash that like button. Will Reed's an OG uh, Daily Cyber Threat Briefing member. Uh, always good to see you, Will. It's been a minute since I saw you. Not not to say you haven't been here. I just hadn't seen you. So it's nice nice to catch you. Hey guys, also want to say love to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about them at the mid-roll. Got the Snake Oil Summit coming up here in December. You want to definitely check that out. In fact, I might even skip the read for their training and just tell you about their Snake Oil Summit. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, what is it called? Audibling? I'm audibling at the line. All right, guys. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Grab a screen cap, throw it in a folder, save it off, get your get your uh, CPEs. And you're like, uh, uh, half a CPE, Jerry. What do I do with half a CPE? I can't even I can't even get a cup of coffee for a half a CPE. Well, coffee cup cheers, my friends, first of all. And second of all, they stack. So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Nobody's here, like with all due respect, nobody's here for one episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a thing, it's a way, it's it's what we do. So you're going to be getting all of these. Yes, Omaha, Omaha. We're going to be getting all of these. Uh, so they stack t- two and a half a week, 10 a month. So take the screenshot. Hashtag team live in chat. Uh, if you want to say what's up and be here. Hey, Wargoons, always nice to see you. Um, if you are on replay, hashtag team replay. I know not everybody can make it. Uh, some people are, are asleep right now. Some people broke into the industry and they actually have a meeting right now. I was told that by several people over the last couple of weeks. So congratulations. If you can't be here because you're in a work meeting for a cybersecurity job, hey, what are you going to do? That's what Team Replay is for. And finally, if today is your first episode, if someone told you about it, if you stumbled upon it, however you found us, welcome to the party, pal. Let us know it's your first time using hashtag first timer. We got a special emote and a special sound effect for you. Oh, Look at that zombie guy, Justin, starts a new job uh, or announces that he's getting a job yesterday and today celebrating his one year anniversary of the squad membership. Justin, 
Thank you so much for being a longtime squad member. We genuinely appreciate you having new in the community. All right, guys. Looks like we got about 18 seconds before we drop into the half pipe and start shredding the cyber news. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, get your coffee, get comfortable, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I will see you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. I'm Rich Straffolino. Chrome testing IP protection. Google plans to test this new feature in Chrome. This will route third-party traffic from specific domains through proxies hiding the IP addresses. The company plans to evolve the feature over time, adding domains to automatically send proxy traffic to in an effort to prevent cross-site tracking. Google will launch the feature as opt-in for logged-in Chrome users from US-based IP addresses. During phase zero testing, it will send proxy requests to its own domains to test the infrastructure. The company acknowledged the feature could make it difficult for security teams to block DDoS attacks or detect invalid traffic. As a result, it may require users to authenticate with the proxy and test high ceiling rate limiting. All right, so a couple things here. Hey, Patricio, Patricio Navarro, first timer live, long time replay. Uh, judges, ding! All right, it qualifies. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> What's up? Good to have you here. Okay, so check this out. Um, I got two things for you. One is good, and then one is tinfoil hat, cynical Jerry. Cash rules everything around me. So let's lead with the boring hot take and then the spicy hot take. So Google's rolling out this IP protection thing. I know you can't see it because the um, the way my, my, my screen looks here, but there we go. Um, I like this. Okay, so, you know, with Tor, I know Tor is how you get to the dark web. But also Tor allows you to browse the internet kind of anonymously because you're bouncing around uh, different sites and stuff like that. You know, routing through Friendster if you're uh, a Dane Cook fan. But anyways, the idea here is that it's going to help prevent uh, tracking or at least curb tracking by third parties. Guys, in 2023, where you go, how long you spend on the site, where when you're scrolling and you stop and you look at something, all of that is being tracked. And it's all part of a very lucrative... Great cash, homie. Uh, marketing engine to um, help uh, know what works, what doesn't work, convert you. Uh, data is the new gold. I've said it a million times, guys. I, it's like one of my like underpinning philosophies. In 2023, data is the new gold. It is the currency that drives world economies and some of the wealthiest people in the world broker in data. Now, Google's doing this and it's to help curb some of this. So if you're into privacy, which I am, um, it's worth checking out. I certainly will uh, check this out and use it. Uh, the idea here is that it's very low, low touch, right? So you just turn it on and then underneath at the network layer, uh, you're being routed through all sorts of stuff. I could imagine that you experience some level of performance uh, impact, like bandwidth, not bandwidth, but like network performance. Because basically if I'm going from here to Kimberly's server, right? It, and it's, let's say it goes through three hops to get from here to there. With this, you're, you're routing through proxy. So technically you'll go through five, six, seven hops. Now with the speed of network bandwidth in 2023, it's very unlikely that you're going to notice any type of performance hit of material uh, value. 
So it's not, it, you turn it on, don't worry about it. If you start to notice performance issues, you can turn it off and you're right back to where you were before. No, no harm, no foul. They did point out that it could be difficult um, to stop denial of service attacks because if you're using IP addresses to block uh, certain users um, who are like hammering requests, then you could technically not know where they are because they could keep switching their IP addresses. Also, if you're trying, you know, I could see threat actors um, using this, not necessarily, um, not necessarily, so a threat actor using this, not necessarily to turn on Chrome and browse around, but I could envision something where they, a threat actor develops some type of malware, right? Where it, it looks like Google Chrome, right? Maybe it uses headers or something and it's able to get into and route through this proxy network and then hit, uh, victims. Right, and the idea here is that they're leveraging this this proxy IP masking thing, a to circumvent, um, you know, indicators of compromise. Right, so like if you have a an IP address or domain that is um, flagged as malicious, and you're somehow able to use this proxy service, so you don't have to tear down your infrastructure, you can just kind of route through it and have a new a new masked IP. I could certainly see that. I, I'd have to think about that again. Hey, I forgot to mention on the intro, I do not prepare or research any of these stories prior to going live. So what I just outlined, I'm not 100% sure is technically possible, but but just kind of like workshopping in my head. How could, how could this be weaponized by bad guys? Because believe this, when any type of technology comes out, I don't care if it's like the most righteous technology ever, threat actors will figure out if and how they can use it for malicious intent. Now, 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 good friends. Now that all the uh, the law-abiding people and the and the um, normal people are gone, check this out. I've got a hot, spicy take. When I saw this story, the first thing I thought of is the following. Okay, so what they're saying here is that you can opt in, and third-party trackers will not be able to see you. You know who will be able to see where you're going and exactly what you're doing? Google. Now, I would love for Google to do no evil, but they changed that tagline back when they went into China and started doing Google search that was, you know, basically filtered. Okay, again, I, I, I hope, I hope, tinfoil hat, Jerry, I hope that Google has all of the best intentions with this. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they have the best intent. But can you think of a more valuable thing that Google could sell than saying that they have the exclusive uh, rights to the data of all Google Chrome users. That's a massive footprint and a massive data store. I just told you data is the new gold and I believe it. Google's going to have exclusive access to all of this data, my friends. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, I hope, I hope for the, for all intents and purposes that Google has all the best intentions, but cash rules everything around me, baby. Cream. Google's going to get the cream. So uh, we'll see where this goes. I, for one, I'm going to turn it on. If there's no performance issues, I'm going to roll with it. But let's let's go. Microsoft test security co-pilot. Microsoft first announced its co-pilot would receive a security-focused offering back in March. It will now open it as an early access pilot embedded within Microsoft 365 Defender XDR. The company said Copilot can free up to 40% more time that would otherwise go to mundane tasks. The company frames the service as a way to upskill less skilled analysts. 
in terms of features, Security Copilot can do things like summarize security incidents into natural language, analyze incidents, and synthesize reports. It can also use natural language prompts to create KQL queries. Oh, hold on. Hold on. What is this? Um, give me a second. So Copilot, if you guys know, Copilot is GitHub's um, like AI thing that helps you write code. So like writing codes. Yeah, exactly, Alana. So regular Copilot, from my understanding, I haven't used it, but from my understanding, like when you write code, so I used to be a software developer and I'm, I'm still a complete hack and not the good, cool hack, like not this hacker. I'm like a just... Um, <laughs> like putting my code together looks like um Frankenstein, but it it'll it'll compile and no one will be the wiser. Um, or or it'll it'll run, maybe not compile, but so here here's the deal with GitHub Copilot. When you type something, right, like a for loop or a conditional loop or variables or reading in a file or reading out to a or writing out to a file, some of this core functionality, open a network socket connection, pulling down something, whatever it is. Uh, it, it, um, asking a user for an input. All of these things are kind of standard paradigms or design patterns. So Copilot can help write that code for you. So you kind of like write a little bit of code. I, I don't know if you write like pseudo code where you say like what you're trying to do and Copilot will write it. But essentially it, it takes a lot of time. Uh, uh, it saves you a lot of time, excuse me, uh, from writing code and it's good code. And the code is, you know, it's supposed to be a little bit more secure because it implements best practices, right? It's got you know, try, catch exceptions and stuff like that. This is brand new. This is security copilot. Now, this one I'm going, if you're going to please grant me some grace because I need to look at this for a minute before I have a, a opinion on this. Okay. My understanding is that it's going to help security practitioners like you and I do our job. Now I've, I do have some serious um, areas of potential limitation of this based on what I'm seeing here. Secure, I'm going to just read the story and, and interpret it while I'm reading it. Security Copilot is embedded with Office 365 Defender XDR platform. Get your XDR here. Okay, so this is for Microsoft 365 tenants only. Uh, first of all, uh, B BSEC might know this. There are multiple levels of licensing for 365, right? There's like P5, P3, E5, like there's different prices that come with different features, right? So it's not just Boolean. You're not just on or off. So I don't know what version you're going to get with this. Um, they're claiming it can free up to 40% more time that would be spent on routine security ops tasks. I could get down with that. Guys, if you've ever had to clean a phishing net, um, like, like, a, like a bunch of emails that got caught in a phishing filter, and looking for something, it's 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 brutal. Like that, like right there is one thing that uh, I would I would like to do. Uh, also, writing um, um, like policy, not not like infosec policy, but like policy within tools. Um, let's see, general time saver. I agree. Upskill staffing, whatever. Uh, less skilled analysts can be more effective. Less skilled security analysts could be more effective. That one, uh, we'll see. Like you're basically saying that the security copilot is going to do the skills of the tier one analyst. So I don't know if less skilled security analysts can be more effective because you're basically having AI do their job instead of them learn through repetition. But you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, teams will work fast. Okay, so a lot of this is 
freaking marketing, right? Like, like no one, no vendor in the history of business, okay, no vendor is going to roll out a new product and not only like they're only going to talk about the features and benefits of the product. Nobody's like, hey, we're rolling out this new like this new car. It's got you know seventy five miles to the gallon. It has the highest crash test rating in history, and every thirtieth uh, car explodes. Right? Like no one's leading with that. Okay. All right, but there's definitely going to be some shortcomings of this. Um, let me keep looking here. Like the, obviously they're selling it that can it upscale a security team. This right here, this sentence, this is designed for CISOs who are paying the budget or for CIOs who are paying the budget um, or paying for the Office 365. 110%. This is not designed for me and you. This sentence right here is for the CIO to read and be like, oh, oh. I can I can um not pay more and get 40% more performance. I'll take two. Let's see. Among the tool's main capabilities is the ability to summarize a security incident into a natural language report. Again, this is summarizing an incident into a natural language report. There's two audiences here. One junior analysts, right? So they can wrap their head around it a little bit faster. And two, more importantly, the business, because when there's an incident, the business wants to know what's going on and they're going to pepper you. If it's a real bad incident, they're going to pepper you like every 15 minutes. I do like this. Um, I do like this simply because it's annoying when you're trying to work and you, you've got noise over here from the business who are like, what's going on? Tell us what's up. Are we in trouble? <sighs> Give us a report. And you're like, bro, like I can't, it's the same thing it was 15 minutes ago. Because I've been talking to you for 15 minutes. Jesus. Okay, Copilot's AI analyzes security by breaking it down into key events. We'll see how good they do at natural language reporting, uh, breaking down uh, incidents. But um, it does remediation. What is that? Well, I know what re remediation is actually taking some actions to either close the incident, quarantine the incident, um, figure out how bad it is, and then do something on the worst parts of it. That's what remediation is. Remediation is the soothing or addressing of an incident. The fact that it can take remediation actions, this is getting into the world of SOAR, security orchestration, automation, remediation. That's the R in SOAR. This is where things are changing in your environment. You really want to be careful when you are doing automation uh, to not have some, like you don't want something happening in your environment that was not done by a human and the humans don't know. Cause then you're, you're like trying, like you've got an idea of what the hell's go. Sorry, kidding. You got an idea of what's going on. Right. And then things are happening automatically. And then your, your, your whole footprint has changed. So you got to be careful with that. Um, Ooh, security cobiler can break down a malicious script into key functions and tell you what happened. Now that is super valuable. Okay. Check this out right here. This feature right here alone is worth the cost of admission for me. Whenever you find some type of PowerShell script or Python script, usually PowerShell or some like bash file or something like that, threat actors, when it's an interpreted program, threat actors obfuscate the crap out of it, which basically means you open it up and you're like, what the hell? What? Sorry, Kenny. You like open it up and you're like, what the heck's going on? I don't know what's in here. And then it takes time, energy, effort. It's annoying to deobfuscate the script and figure out what happened. All of that time while you're deobfuscating, the thing is still doing whatever it was doing. 
if it reaches out and pulls down from a C2 server some additional bash file or payload, you need to know what that is so you can go look for that in your environment instead of wasting time deobfuscating. The cool thing is a computer can read a deobfuscated script much, much faster. Even for um, for uh, demonstration purposes, I did a ChatGPT Bing video on the channel uh, a couple months ago, and I put uh, really obfuscated JavaScript into both of them and said, what does this do? And within seconds, it broke it down into a very easy to read program. That is massive value, okay? That alone, uh, I'm on board. Uh, and then it says it can do custo query language. For me, um, I'm not familiar with what custo is. I have to imagine this is some type of like Sentinel. And someone in chat, let me know. To me, custo, I've never heard of custo query language, but if I had to guess based on all this story, this is a custom Microsoft Sentinel query language for the SIM. Uh, guys, this is a massive story. This is a massive, massive story. I would um, expect to see a lot of uh, talk in our industry, a lot of talk on LinkedIn from practitioners experimenting with this, uh, identifying gaps, weaknesses, also identifying strengths um, and opportunities to leverage this. Pretty cool. Um, finally, just so everybody knows, Keegan Lannon confirming what I thought. It is SQL for Sentinel. Thank you very much, Keegan. Uh, guys, this is not going to take our job, okay? As long as threat actors are human, we're going to be okay because humans think and are able to, you know, like um, circumvent and abuse uh, technology, which AI is just a technology. Okay. So we, we still got jobs, y'all. Don't sweat that. It's when AI becomes the threat actor, then we're screwed. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, really quick. Uh, BSEC's always got good, good, good takes. Uh, this is only for 365, which agreed. Um, three hunting, thread hunting with M Microsoft 365 makes cleaning phishing emails easy. Good. That's always been a problem in my experience uh, dealing with phishing emails uh, to the point of apathy and just fatigue where I just stop doing it until someone complains about not getting an email. Copilot can help everyone with thread hunting. Cody queries to find stuff. I got queries galore. That's right. Um, so if you do, hey, listen, if you're one of the if you're one of the special people who get an early invite to Microsoft Security Copilot, please let us know in chat. I would love to get your thoughts on it, potentially uh, bring you on the channel or do a you know an interview or something like that. It'd be great to get people's hot takes on this thing. Cisco releases iOS XE patches. <laughs> Cisco began rolling out its patches for two high severity vulnerabilities in its iOS XE devices. The first patch release applies to iOS SE version 17.9.4. As of this recording, Cisco lists other version patch release dates as TBD. Since Cisco disclosed the first of these zero days under active exploitation as of October 16th, security researchers saw over 40,000 infected devices online. The subsequently dropped to a few hundred over the weekend, although it remains unclear if this came from admins mitigating the devices or threat actors updating infected devices to avoid scans. All right. So we talked about this on the stream yesterday, so I'm not going to spend time, especially since I just went long on the Microsoft Security Copilot. <clears throat> the one thing that I will point out to people, uh, if you are new in the industry, um, Cisco, do you see how it says Cisco patches iOS? 
Cisco, the router and network device company, they do a bunch of other stuff, right? Uh, they're like constantly acquiring things. They just bought Splunk. But it's core networking technology line. The operating system that runs on Cisco devices is called IOS. I believe it stands for Internet Work Operating System. People get confused because Apple has like basically uh, appropriated and taken the market share of iOS as a term. Uh, this has nothing to do with Apple. Just know that Cisco's operating system, which came out long before Apple did, um, is iOS. Okay. Ba basic little fun fact. You probably, you know, many of you probably already knew it, but it's worth noting uh, so you don't get confused. Also, if you're running um, XE devices, layer two, layer three, uh, whatever it is, make sure you're patched. They released a patch that's a roll-up patch that covers the two vulnerabilities that are out there. Um, based on the metrics, many, many people got the memo and took advantage of it. Also, really quickly, um, I forgot to do this for this Microsoft Security Copilot story. Shall we play a game? Former ASML employee allegedly took secrets to Huawei. Back in February, Bloomberg reported that a former employee at the Dutch chip-making equipment giant ASML stole chip-making secrets and took them to China. Now, the Dutch newspaper NRC reports the employee is now working at Huawei, indicating who directly benefited from the stolen trade secrets. This all comes against the backdrop of escalating chip-making technology export bans by the U.S. against China. In response, we've seen Huawei continue to hire talent from Russia and enticing employees from Taiwanese chipmakers. Earlier this year, ASML CEO Peter Wenick characterized the stolen information to investors as quite limited. All right, so a couple things here. One, don't, I, I know there's a subset of this population that's into ASMR, so just calm down. It's ASML. So I know you were getting all excited. You're like, ooh, gonna, gonna do my nails on the microphone. No. So ASML employee, it doesn't matter. It could say simply cyber employee. It could say Tesla employee. Former tech company employee takes stolen secrets to competitor. That's what this story says. It says Huawei, which if you wanted to get all, um, if you want to get all into like geopolitical uh, state secrets and crap, you can do that. But basically this is tech company hires employee from other tech company who brings secrets. This is espionage 101. It's just done in a corporate manner. No big deal. Obviously, China has been getting punched in the mouth with semiconductor uh, technology. There is a decoupling in the global economy between the United States and China, you know, among others. Uh, if you want, I say this all the time, Google, United States, Japan, Netherlands, semiconductor, China. You'll see all of the moves um, that U.S. has been making. Pieces on the chessboard, if you will. Little gang star action if you're, uh, you know, my age. Making moves like a snake in the grass roundabout. Boston Rob knows what I'm talking about. Here's the deal. This happens all the time. And once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you don't put it back. Tesla is like suing Rivian, or there's been an investigation around Rivian employees who developed a battery technology, quitting Tesla, going to Rivian. Here's the deal. Humans, I got news for you. Great cash, homie. Money talks, man. Now, if you're doing national secrets, like that dumbass, sorry, like that dumb person in West Virginia who tried to sell nuclear secrets to the FBI thinking they were Russia, yeah, you're going to go to jail. 
In this instance, I mean, it's still not legal, but you'll have to prove that this person took that tech and brought it to Huawei. Also, I don't know if they moved from um, the Netherlands to China and now there's no extradition. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot um, uh, to it, but basically, dude, in the world of information, right? Check me out. In the world of information, you can get you can get information a couple ways. Number one, you can hire the talent who has the you know degrees and education and experience to develop a technology. Then you can pay for a lab building and all the raw material that, that those smart people need to develop a technology. Then you need to spend the time for those really smart people to take that raw material and work through solving the problem. And then finally, at the end of that, all that time, all that money, then you get the research and development, you get the weapon, you get the semiconductor, you get the super battery technology, or you can shortcut that whole process and just hire this person after they've already done all this work. Whoop, right? Dink. And there you go. Hey, there you go. And dude, don't, don't be naive that like, what's your number? That's probably what Huawei said. Huawei has infinite money for all intents and purposes, right? Infinite money. So what's your number? Would, would you, would you, would you bring like, guys, if you're working on something, right? Like say you're working on, um, you know, a, a slide deck or risk assessment deck or some type of cool open source tool that, um, your company is going to sell. Right. And a, a competitor is like, listen, I'll give you $5,000 if you come work for me. No. All right. A hundred thousand dollars. Jesus. Um, no. $6 million. At some point, there's a number where all of us, all of us are going to say, okay, right? And, and please, please, I, I, I mean, it's a real question, right? Like you might be like, no way, I'm righteous. I'm on the side of good. $40 million, $200 million. Like at some point, there's a number where it's like, uh, all right, you know, it's, it's just a semiconductor patent. It's not like I'm giving, it's not like I'm giving keys. Um, you know, I'm not like that, uh, like ghoulish looking guy in the movie 300 who leads the Persians around the goat path. Right. And it's going to be an absolute slaughter. Right. There, this gets into like human psychology and the disconnect between your action and the impact. Right. We've all heard that, that, uh, experiment where it's like, um, you know, you're, you're standing on a bridge and there's a train coming and the train's going to run over a kid unless you push an old person over the over and the train hits the old person. You know, how do you make that philosophical decision? Well, maybe you wouldn't do it. OK, well, what if there's five children now? Would you push the old person? Right. So like it there's there's all sorts of human psychology going on. And, but anyways, espionage 101. This is an insider threat story. It's very difficult to prevent. Uh, this is why you should do. um uh, job rotation, right? If you've ever heard of job rotation, yes, I get it. BSEC is the end-all be-all. He makes everything work around here. But guess what? If BSEC goes off the reservation, you're not going to know it. So you got to force BSEC to take a vacation, a sabbatical every four years. So A, you can confirm your business can operate without BSEC. And then two, if anything happens um, that's kind of unusual, you're going to uncover it then. Sorry, BSEC, you're the insider threat of the day. Let's keep rolling. Ooh, haircut fish with his one year anniversary. Nice job, haircut fish. Now a word from our sponsor, Fanta. Growing a business, that likely means more tools 
third-party vendors, and data sharing, aka way more risk. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform brings GRC and security efforts together. Integrate information from multiple systems and reduce risks to your business and your brand, all without the need for additional staffing. And by automating up to 90% of the work for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, you'll be able to focus on strategy and security, not maintaining compliance. Join 5,000 fast-growing companies that leverage Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time. Our listeners get $1,000 off Vanta. Go to vanta.com slash CISO to claim that discount. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash CISO. All right, for the first timers up in here. All right, I want to thank all of you for being here. You guys are wonderful. What a great show already. Hopefully, uh, I'm delivering on the promise I made in the opening 30 seconds about how great this episode's going to be and how we're happy to have you here. Guys, thank you so very much. If you're getting value from the show, do me a favor. Take 15 seconds and hit the like button. It goes a very long way for helping other people find the channel. Hit the like button now. I genuinely appreciate it. It's a small it's a small action, but it has profound impact. And it's the easiest way to say thank you, right? If, if, you're, if you want to say thank you to, to me, to the channel, to the community, to the mods, hit the like button. I want to say thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi. Also, Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, Anti-Siphon Training by Black Hills Information Security is disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of how uh, their financial position. I want to say shout out really quickly um, to Anti-Siphon, specifically calling out their Snake Oil Summit on December 6th at 11 a.m. through December 8th at 6 p.m. It's basically a virtual uh, conference. Come check it out. I'm going to drop a link in chat. They asked me to do it. I'm trying to take some time off in December, so I can't do it. But believe me, whoever's presenting at Snake Oil is going to be an epic Looks like we got a, a super chat coming in. Thanks. Uh, hold on. Guys, go to the link in the description below for anti-siphon training. Go to training. Go to the pay what you can training. And all of these classes right here are $0. Don't let money prevent you from getting educated in our industry. Let me slide back to the super chat from my good friend James McQuiggan. Loving the new lighting, Jerry. Shredding it. Living it and rocking it here at ISC2 Security Congress. While it's not Wild West Hacking Fest, it's another amazing opportunity to network and meet future friends. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan, for the super chat. And also, have a great time at ISC2 Security Congress. Fun fact, I was actually supposed to speak with James at ISC2 Security Congress on a panel uh, but I have a conflicting uh, work obligation in Tampa, uh, so I could not do that. But James, um, best wishes and love to you. I hope you have a great experience out there at ISC2. And if you are at ISC2 Security Congress, do say what's up to James McQuiggan. Guys, want to say shout out to the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, I do have someone in mind. So Salah... Um, Sala Amo, Ama, Ama Ayo, uh, and Sala, if I'm saying that incorrectly, please let me know. Sala is currently the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, if you're looking for someone, Sala, I would really, really appreciate it 
I don't know if he's in chat right now, but casually Joseph, casually Joseph, I spend time with at Wild West Hack and Fest. He works directly with Eric Taylor at Barricade. He is um, actively engaged in the community. And I connected with him on LinkedIn the other day, and he has like 57 connections. This kid is a rising star in our industry. And um, I, I think more people should know about him. So if you're looking for someone to tag, go ahead and tag casually Joseph. Uh, guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative by the Simply Cyber Community where basically one person per day gets the baton and they post their cybersecurity story. Go on LinkedIn. If you want to supercharge your LinkedIn feed and build a meaningful network, go on LinkedIn. Search for this hashtag, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Once you find it, connect to the people posting and comment on their posts. Connect with the people. All right, he's not in here. Is Eric Taylor in here? Connect with the people who are commenting, and you also are commenting. You understand? You will get picked up in the, the river, and you're going to build a massive uh, audience. I mean, not audience. You'll build a massive network of meaningful, supportive, inclusive cybersecurity professionals. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. You know what? I might even record like a short 15-second video that outlines the challenge and just play it each time. There is a hashtag passive observer casually Joseph in chat. Casually Joseph, if it works out, man, would love to see your Simply Cyber Community Challenge post. Uh, and finally, guys, every Tuesday is Tidbits Tuesday where I share a little bit um, about me. Um, I don't really... Oh, <laughs> okay. Hey, really quick. So Tidbits Tuesday. Um, guys, you know, I'm a, I'm a tech person, computer science background, etc., uh, really quickly, some of you yesterday, I, basically the tidbits Tuesday is that uh, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody is um, valuable, including me for sure. Uh, yesterday, if you were on stream, you saw that it got pixelated. You saw that uh, the quality kept going in and out. Literally discovered a layer one issue. Layer one being the physical layer of the OSI stack. My, um, my studio is about 75 feet from my house. I have an uh, Ethernet line running directly from the router, fiber, through conduit into my house. Once it gets to my studio, um, I have an outlet on the wall, and my computer, which is right against the wall, is plugged into it. However, however, you know, I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry, and I just grabbed the first cord I could find, which happened to be like a 35-foot, 40-foot uh, Ethernet cable. So, like, literally, this was about uh, a like a five inch run I needed to make, and I used a forty foot cord. And I think, you know, I was well over a hundred feet. I think that I surpassed the actual physical length that the uh, data communication could, uh, you know, traverse without having uh, degradation of quality. I replaced it with a 12-inch cable, and surprise, surprise, it worked. Shout out and thanks to Basecase and BSEC, who helped me troubleshoot that. Wow. So TLDR, I've got a PhD in cyber operations, and I still make uh, janky first-week help desk <laughs> um, solving the problem uh, solutions, okay? So that's what's up. Uh, just owning, I'm owning it. I told B Basecase that I would own it. Uh, and you know, just, I just want to share that with you guys. Cause I felt like a dummy when I realized what the problem was. Let's keep going. BHI energy details, ransomware attack.
The U.S. energy services firm saw the Akira ransomware organization breach its network as of May 30th. This occurred through stolen VPN credentials from a third-party contractor to access its internal network. Over the next week, Akira performed reconnaissance on the network. Threat actors then enumerated data targeted for exfiltration on June 16th. It stole 690 gigabytes of data between June 20th and 29th. On the 29th, it also deployed its ransomware on the network devices, encrypting them. BHI detected the attack at that time, with systems recovered by July 7th. The company restored from cloud backups and said it didn't pay a ransom. So this is cool. Uh, Akira, they stole VPN creds from a third-party contract, just a third-party risk management. They reached out to internal BHI network through the VPN. So once you get a VPN connection, you're essentially on the internal network. Uh, once they got that, the threat actor used the same account to perform recon. Okay, no big deal. I mean, it's a big deal, but no big deal. Um, the threat actor deployed a cure ransomware on all devices. All right, so a couple things here. One, I appreciate that they uh, that this security, uh, this energy firm released um, the transparency of how they got attacked. You don't see that very often. I think it it's partly because um, they recovered successfully and they didn't pay the ransom. So BHE Energy probably feels like BDS Energy. If you're picking up what we're putting down over here, uh, I'm not going to outline the acronym of BDS, but um, if you're an adult in the room, you know what I'm talking about. So I think that's why they released what happened. Finally, looking at how you could prevent this from yourself. Um, listen, third-party VPN credentials get get in. When you give some, first of all, obviously it sounds like the VPN didn't have multi-factor authentication. Hello, like 2023 here, multi-factor authentication isn't optional, you donkeys. Okay, I'm sorry. What, like, are you using some type of like legacy VPN solution? Who, who made the, like the risk-based decision to opt out of MFA? That sucks. Don't do that. MFA would have stopped this initial attack. Second of all, when you give a contractor third-party, you know, third-party contractor access to the environment, when they remote into the VPN, that doesn't mean that they get YOLO access to the whole environment. I get it. You got a flat network. Everybody's got a flat network, okay? We all want to do network segmentation. Many of us do not. This is called a flat network and it's gross because what happens is somebody who's been there 15 minutes that has a user account can literally touch everything on the network, the most sensitive files, the most sensitive systems, right? Now they might not be able to access like HR payroll or something like that, right? But they could probably touch or hit the server accessing it. And when you're a ransomware threat actor, you know what? You don't care where the payroll file is because you're hitting the OS, brah right? Just YOLO. So anyways, long story short, um, don't give like multi-factor authentication, obviously. Second of all, don't allow widespread access all over the place. And third, if possible, your third-party accounts should have some type of like um, identifier on them. And then you can like look for them and make sure that they're not accessing dumb stuff. Um, also, also, and this one's wicked hard, but Depending on how serious you are, um, like you should have uh, like requirements for third-party system, like computers, right? On what their security posture is. Now, this is hard to do unless you, um, 
unless you do some like type of posture checking, which is, I think that's 8021X, um, where you can do posture checking before giving a network drop. I don't know if you can do this over VPN. Somebody a little bit more technical would have to answer that question for me, but you can do posture checking using 8021X um, before you give an IP address or you can like shun someone to a specific, a specific network segment and kind of containerize them so they only need to access what they need to. There's a bunch of different network level um, controls that can be implemented. They're not trivial. They do require planning, preparation, execution, and maintenance, but there are a bunch of different ways. Uh, unfortunately, it takes time, energy, and effort. And you know what? Ain't nobody got time for that, right? Like we're on to the next thing. We need you for this project. We're doing mergers and acquisitions. Fill out this questionnaire. So uh, unfortunately, the reality is if you work in the industry, you know this, you could have the greatest intentions and the best ideas. And for longer term projects like network segmentation or posture checking um, that has some type of like knowledge tree that or knowledge branch that will determine where your uh, user goes and what network segment, uh, th that's a big project, six months, nine months, um, and it's not trivial to do well. U.S. seizes North Korean domains. Last week, the U.S. Department of Justice seized 17 domains allegedly used to funnel money back to North Korea. This came as part of a ploy to send thousands of North Koreans abroad to China and Russia, who then gained work as freelance IT workers globally. A previously sealed court document estimates that from October 2022 to January 2023, North Korea generated roughly $1.5 million in revenue from this scheme. These domains appeared as legitimate IT service companies based in the U.S. The FBI's special agent in charge, Jay Greenberg, said companies should remain vigilant to verify any contractors hired. Okay. So a couple things here, okay? One, you got to remember, starting in 2009, North Korea has been getting hammered and not like, woo, it's Friday night and I'm a freshman in college, let's get lit. They've been getting hammered with economic sanctions since 2009 for being like just kind of bad global citizens launching missiles, you know, like just, you know, not being good. Okay. And because of those economic sanctions and because they don't really have a gross domestic product, they don't do imports and exports. People don't play with them. They don't have a lot of money, which means they can't fund their regime, which means as much as Kim Jong-un wants to be a first world power and recognized as being able to sit at the adults table at Thanksgiving, if you don't have money, you can't do that. Like you're at the kids table if you don't have money, right? You're, you're a third world country. So North Korea has been using Lazarus Group primarily to steal all sorts of uh, money now, we saw the Bangladeshi bank heist where they got $80 million cash, right? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Which is good. Um, not not good, but like that, you know, if, if, you're, if that's their goal is to get paid. And then they stole all sorts of um, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, right? Axie Infinity Ronin Bridge. Um, I mean, just Google Lazarus uh, crypto theft. And like literally the top five crypto thefts of all time, like Lazarus has like three of them. But the thing is, you can't buy intercontinental ballistic missiles with cryptocurrency. You can't buy bullets with Shiba Inu coins, okay? You got to convert them. And that's been a major pain point for North Korea. They can't really convert it. They set up fraudulent accounts on like Coinbase and FTX and Binance and stuff.
but know your customer uh, laws and, and policies prevent them uh, basically from getting more than like 50 grand out at a rip. Now, 50 grand would be awesome for me and you. But when you're trying to like, when you have $900 million and you're trying to like cash it out and you can only do, uh, thank you. And you can only do like 50 grand at a rip. Uh, it's super painful, super pain in the ass. So what they're doing to complement their economic woes is sending their citizens out into the world to go work. And obviously like, you know, North Korean IT guy gets a job, um, you know, doing whatever help desk, right? He, he comes over here. She comes over here and is like, Jerry, yeah, you shouldn't use a 40 foot ethernet cable. You should use a 12 inch ethernet cable. I'm like, thank you. I would assume all of their paycheck goes back to mother North Korea, right? Like maybe enough for them to live. They're probably living like in mass, like say eight of them living in like a studio apartment and just, just grinding. Like they're basically human cogs in the North Korean economic machine. They're working, they're making money. And this is a pretty uh, primitive way of doing, you know, financial development, frankly. Uh, basically, you hear what I'm saying? Like Kim Jong-un sent his citizens out into the world to go get jobs, to send their money back to him, right? Um, I, here's another couple surprising things. One, Yay. I'm glad that the United States identified this as seizing it, as stopping it. I feel like, you know, North Korea has, has done a lot of uh, kind of not great things. And, you know, I, I would not like to see them succeed with their uh, particular uh, uh, strategies. But if, dude, if I worked, if I lived in North Korea, you're like, you're not even allowed to like leave North Korea. They don't have real internet. You can't do things. Then you get sent out into the world to be an IT person. If you get hired, as an, as an IT person in Russia, right? You obviously have the skills to get the job, which means you have knowledge, which means you have access to computers and the internet. Bro, if I got hired as an IT person and I saw what the world was, like, I, I, I don't know, these people must be uber brainwashed or something. I would be like, like deuces, like, much love. Although, you know what? Now that I think about it, I bet you like I get sent to Russia to go work and my wife and two children and two dogs do not get to go. And I'm probably told if I don't send my money, they will be harmed. I bet you, I bet you that's part of it. I bet you that's part of it. If I had to guess, there's got to be some type of motivation to keep these North Koreans that are moving abroad um, committed to not defecting basically. Uh, so anyways, whatever. North Korea, I'm telling you what, they are definitely desperate, right? I mean, this is such a janky Bush League way to make money for your country, guy. Are you kidding me? All right. Spain dismantles cybercrime organization. The Spanish National Police conducted 16 targeted searches across several major cities, arresting 34 members of the group. Confiscations included 80,000 euros in cash and a computer database with information on over 4 million people. Police said it linked the organization to a phishing campaign impersonating utility workers and delivery operators, as well as pig butchering like schemes. Law enforcement began investigating the group earlier this year following thousands of complaints with the scammers attempting to get people to repay loans based on stolen credit card data. It seems most of the group's income came from reselling stolen data. It was all right. Yes, regulators mount up. Good, 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 good. Um, 
Law enforcement arrests 34 cyber criminals. Unfortunately, this is probably a drop in the bucket. Like many of you, I get the text messages. I get the stupid emails. I get the geek squad receipts. Uh, a lot, you know, scam baiters are, 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 um, you know, uh, making great YouTube channels around that. Uh, so 34 is a drop in the bucket. I would love to see a more like global coordinated effort to destroy these people. Um, uh, but good, good on them. Um, make an example. Uh, not much story here. I'm running low on time. So I, I do uh, move quickly. I, I got to catch a flight, uh, after I teach today, but just know if you're involved in these criminal enterprises, yeah, you might, you might be getting paid today. You might be driving a, a sweet car, but uh, law enforcement's out there, buddy. And um, they're coming for you. And also you're scum. You're scum. The fact that you take advantage of elderly people uh, who are on fixed incomes and you convince them to send you their money. You suck. Like get a real job. Peckerhead. Network restores services after cyber attack. On October 16th, the New York-based Westchester Medical Center Health Network disclosed that two of its hospitals and a residential care center experienced an IT outage as a result of a cyber attack. This knocked off phone, email, and internet at the facilities and caused EMS to reroute to other hospitals. On Friday, the facility shut down all connected IT systems and successfully restored services by October 23rd, resuming EMS service. The hospitals initially claimed the attack would not disrupt services. The health network also contacted the FBI to help investigate the attack. No word on what group orchestrated it. All right. So healthcare facility gets hit. Um, it says crippling cyber attack. I, I, it didn't say ransomware, but um, it says just weeks after another hospital in New York got hit with ransomware. They don't say that this is a ransomware attack, but if I had to put money on it, that matters. It's a ransomware attack. They said they shut down their systems in order to restore. I have to imagine shut down means they are going to try to attempt to recover from backups. Um, again, here's the TLDR on this one because ransomware is like an everyday thing. Guys, if you work in, an, in a business, well, first of all, if you work in healthcare, absolutely grab this story and use it as an opportunity. But if you work in any business, Use this story. You should absolutely be doing tabletop exercises and walking through them. Use ransomware as the tabletop exercise event and be real about it. Do not let Kevin, IT director, be like, we'd restore from backups. This is a waste of my time. Don't let you know Julie CFO be like on her phone ignoring you. Like, Start with this story. Hey, everybody, welcome to the tabletop exercise. Crawlers and, and donuts are over here. Coffee's over here. I need your attention because this happened to a New York hospital yesterday and they were diverting ambulances, ambulances that had people who were in very, very dire situation who could not get medical treatment. That's what happens here. Please pay attention because if this happens to us, we're either not going to be making widgets, we're not going to be educating students, we're not going to be taking care of patients, we're not going to be doing whatever the mission is of this business. We will be losing money and it will be because we will be a dumpster fire because we haven't practiced what we need to do. That is the point of this activity. Put your phone down, Julie. I'm trying to talk to you. Thank you for your attention. Now, everybody, let's rock and roll. We just got notified that we got hit with a ransomware incident. Systems aren't online. People are blowing up help desk right now. What are we going to do? 
IT people, what are we going to do? Restore from backup. Restore what? Who can do the backups, Kevin? Who can do the backups? I can. Guess what, Kevin? You're on vacation. Who else? Kevin's not allowed to speak anymore. Who else can do backups? Crickets. Crickets. Okay, Todd, you work in IT. Do the backups. I don't know. All right. Well, do we have an SOP on restoring backups? I don't know. All right. Can we all see that we're immediately crippled right now? Well, don't worry. We'll release a public uh, press report saying that we will recover instantly and that there's no impact to operations, much like this hospital just did. Really? Because you're going to bring all the systems down. We could totally release that public statement. But as we just heard from Todd, he doesn't know how to recover anything and we're down right now. So with all due respect, where are you coming up with the information that we're not going to experience performance impacts or operational downtime? Like, I'm not I'm not attacking you. I'm just asking. You're about to release a press report saying that we are fine. What are you basing that information on? Well, it just seems fine. Just seems fine. Okay. All right. So uh, CEO in the room, is this okay? Should we be releasing this press report? Todd, have you found the SOP yet? No? Okay. So what are you doing? Just hanging out by the water cooler? We are actively in crisis mode right now. Somebody get Kevin on the phone. Kevin's phone is unavailable right now because he's on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Kevin, I said you can't talk. I'm just saying, practice tabletop exercises. Practice tabletop exercises. Do not let one person dominate the tabletop exercise. I de the whole point of a tabletop exercise isn't to win. That's not the point of the exercise. The exercise is to identify gaps in your processes, gaps in your knowledge, gaps in what people are doing. When you're responding to an incident, it is a very complicated like orchestrated dance with many people involved. And it's very easy to stumble over your own feet. It's very easy to bump into another person and knock them over. Threat actors are coming. How you respond is totally up to you. If you want to practice, I strongly encourage it. You're going to get better results. All right. Now that I... I want to remind everybody that uh, this Friday, we are doing another Simply CyberCon wet run. Um, so stay tuned for that. I haven't scheduled it yet, but we're going to walk through. I want to do the discord. I want to do the two tracks. I want actual speakers to come in through the green room, talk to base case, get directed to the the appropriate tracks, bring people on. I want to do a full, uh, stubbed walkthrough of all of this. So please join us on Friday. If you want to volunteer for simply CyberCon, one of the best ways you could do it is please show up Friday and help us with this wet run. We're excited guys. Uh, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you were here for Jaw Jack and it's Tuesday, I actually have to get in my car and haul butt over to the Citadel. Uh, tomorrow, I will. Be, I have to catch a flight at 3 o'clock today to um, Tampa. Yeah, boy. Tampa. 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 All right. So I'm going to the great state of Florida to hit Tampa up. Um, I will be broadcasting live from a corporate office building tomorrow morning. So don't sweat that. We got you covered. But uh, I got to go teach the cadets um, what they need to know about InfoSec. We're talking encryption and crypto today, cryptography. Guys, thank you all so very much. You guys are wonderful. Stephanie Strauss, you're wonderful. Luke Canfield, you're wonderful. Cat GPT, you're wonderful. David Robbins, my man. Love your shirt. You're wonderful. Rhiannon, you're wonderful. Guys, be well. Thank you all so very much. And until next time, do me a favor and stay secure. Adios, amigos.
Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Come